Tucked away from the city, Raccoon Creek is your go-to golf course. Their location in Littleton provides more than just a beautiful golfing experience. They have the perfect setting for year-round events with unbelievable views. It's a fun place to golf. It's a different atmosphere. It's a really nice course. And it's fast greens. They have a good crew there, so it's always in good shape. They're having uh, comedy shows. They got like this really cool fire pit in the back now. It's changed a lot. There's a whole, whole new patio that has like the best views in Colorado. I think you can just see the mountains, you see the golf course. You know, kind of like Cheers. Everybody knows your name and your handicap. That was Todd. He's been golfing at Raccoon Creek for years now, and it's his favorite golf course in the area because of the environment that they've created. Raccoon Creek has embraced technology, adding golf board rentals to their course, as well as updating their golf carts to be equipped with GPS that provides score updates of sporting events and live scoring for outings and tournaments. They also have an app where you can schedule tee times, receive happy hour specials, and stay up to date on all of their upcoming events. Download their app today and receive a free bucket of balls or check them out online at raccooncreek.com. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome to the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com, reserve products online, and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Ah, Monday, back at it. I am not AJ Hayfley, nor am I Nathan Rudolph, but I am joined by Rudo. Rudo, how are you doing today? Doing good. Another Monday that, as always, they seem to take you by surprise a little bit, and, and the Avs certainly did today. Yeah, that was a beauty. We were uh, ready to go, and then breaking news. I should mention, I'm Andre Simone. I, I told you who I was not. I didn't tell you, <laughs> tell you who I am. Uh, that's, uh, that's just how exciting this Monday has been, and how excited I am to be back with you Rudo, so let's not bury this lead any longer. The Avs had <laughs> another of these signings where it's like, ah, interesting little upside play here. They signed Valerie Nachushkin, formerly of the Dallas Stars, was bought out. Correct me if I'm wrong. Had a stint in the KHL, former highly touted prospect and Pick, uh, what'd you think of this signing? What was uh, what was your reaction when this all went down? Uh, my initial reaction was, where are they going to find the room to put this guy? Yeah, pretty because logical follow-up here, for sure. Really tight. We were already talking about how Kamenev is the 13th forward on the abs, and this is essentially your 14th forward on your NHL roster unless you end up sending someone like a Kamenev down to the Eagles. So... 
it's going to be an interesting camp. There are going to yeah. be people legitimately battling to stay in the NHL at camp with this signing. Right. And yes, Nichushkin is an upside play. If you believe in that upside, <laughs> which I think there is some, he had a 34 point rookie season. That is solid. Mm-hmm. He's got a big hill to climb to get back to that though. And don't, love that i'm not sure the avs really have room for another project like this yeah absolutely the uh it's really interesting what their plan is with this and how the big right winger is gonna fit in because as you said there are there are more players than there are spots available this also is interesting with how this plays into like AJ Greer, who's another guy on that bubble and yeah. stuff. Um, and definitely guys like Kamenev, uh, Shane Bowers, you know, those other guys kind of line in the wake. But to some extent, correct me if I'm wrong, just face value as soon as the news kind of slapped me in the face and I'm I'm getting caught up on Nachushkin and all that went down with him, it felt like a le- like a, a poor man's version of what we've already seen this offseason with Donskoy and Burakovsky, where it's kind of like trying to give these guys yeah. a second second shot at reviving their careers and seeing if they can do anything close to hitting the upside that people thought they had when they came into the league. Yeah, and Burakovsky, I think a poor man's Burakovsky is is right on the money uh-huh. with what they're hoping to get out of Val Nichushkin here. Same kind of path, had a strong rookie right. season, dealt with some injury yep. issues, and hasn't really been the same player since. And the problem is why you're excited about it with Burakovsky is you're looking at the Avs roster and you can say, okay, Burakovsky can get into the Avs top six, play big minutes and have that opportunity to become the player that you're hoping that he can be because Burakovsky's already there because Donskoy's already there because they need to get Tyson Jost into those types of spots. I don't see the route for Nachushkin to get that type of opportunity. And that's a big problem. We saw in his two solid NHL years, he was playing in his rookie year almost 14 minutes a night and pretty close to that in his his junior year, his other full year. And this past season where he was just yeah. not good, zero goals in 57 games <laughs> is not good. There's no yes. other way you can state that. He was playing closer to 11 and that limited minutes isn't helping him. I, I don't think he can perform the way that the Avs are hoping he will in those limited minutes. And I don't see how he's going to get more than that 11 to 12 minute range. Oh, on right. This I mean, that seems like a best case scenario for him to get 11 to 12 minutes in, in this lineup as it's stacked. And yeah, that's an important uh, caveat to insert. There is part of what gets you excited with Donsko and Burakovsky is there, there's a path to make that upside play up, right. to make that production play up. Uh, it's hard to see any sort of path here with Nachushkin. Yeah, I'm just not sure. And when you get into the conversation about these guys, as you mentioned, you do wonder about them blocking. Mm. At this point, AJ Greer's getting waived. Unless he comes into camp and just right. dominates, he's going to get waived and he's going to go down to the Eagles or he's going to get claimed because that spot now belongs to Nachushkin on the wing. It, it just is what it is. I also think this move screams that the Avs are not confident that Martin Kaut is going to be ready for a call-up, at very least in the first portion of the season. Hopefully not more than that, but we'll see. 
So it's it's gonna be interesting down the line, especially if Nachushkin works out great, easy. You just keep him in the lineup, let him play and do his thing. If things go south here, things might get weird with the lineup. Yeah, totally. And I mean, obviously you haven't uh, been able to to grind the tape on him yet because this truly happened like right when we were ready to to go on. So he put out a post there and uh, have just been figuring this all out as uh, we're really just thinking out loud here on the pod. But from what you do know, if he does make the lineup, where's his best fit? Where could he help? Is this a guy who could find some minutes on the penalty kill at all and use that size some? I mean, I just don't even know. Yeah. It's really tough right now. Yeah, I, obviously, I have to dig into the, the footage, and then maybe I'll have a little bit of a better yeah. idea. But right now, he does have some solid underlying defensive metrics. But in three full years of NHL time, he's played less than 20 minutes on the PK. He, it's not something he really has any experience right. with. So I don't really – if that's the plan, it's a real shot yep. in the dark if that's what the abs are going for there. I think the Avs are going to try to lean on figuring out where that goal scoring ability went and getting it back. He scored 14 goals in his rookie year, right. a little bit down in his junior year, nine goals. It, it's something that I don't really know. It's six foot four, two ten. That's something, especially when you're looking at what the Avs bottom six has. Maybe especially on that fourth line, they're they're lacking a little bit of that youthful exuberance with their size. Yes, they added Belmar, but Nieto and Calvert work hard, not that big. So if he can add that physical element, I think that could go a long way for him. Right. That's interesting. That could be at least one way where he's useful. He brings something to the table that was lacking on this roster Otherwise, uh, something that was lacking on our roster was an official beer for BSN. And we have that in Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Breckenridge is a, the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. My wife actually found this at King Supers this week, so I was enjoying a couple frosty Strawberry Skies this weekend. It was delightful. Uh, for you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means... This is a light, delicious summer beer that you're, you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it this week. You'll be able to see all of the events we have planned, and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time with us. Back to Nachushkin. Anything else you're seeing? Uh, I mean, how do you unlock that scoring that was there in his rookie year? I mean, he is uh, famous for his scoring droughts, uh, broke a record of 48 consecutive yeah. games without scoring a goal. And then, as you pointed out, last year played in 57 games 
and managed 10 points, all of which were assists. So again, no goals. So he's just gone through some epic, epic scoring droughts. Any ideas, Rudo? <laughs> I guess what you're banking on here is he did struggle with some lower body injuries throughout last yeah, season. Good point. And, and you're hoping yeah. that's holding him back. It's honestly, to me, it's kind of risky in his sophomore year. He basically missed all of it because he would needed hip surgery. And as, as we've talked about with Cole, you know, sometimes hockey players come back from hip surgery and they're just not the same guy. Yeah. So you, you definitely wonder there, but the assumption is the abs think he's healthy and, and can get back to some of that goal scoring ability. Again, we're still kind of thinking about this on the fly here and right. something that makes sense to me. You look at Colin Wilson, the guy the Abs mm-hmm. brought back. Mm-hmm. That not only makes even less sense now that they've signed Nachushkin, because I think that's the spot they want to try to get Nachushkin in. Yeah. But Wilson is a guy who's never been healthy for an entire season. He always, always, always misses games. And maybe that's part of the reason they looked at Nachushkin as, as someone that can come in and fill that spot. Someone who has shown some ability to score goals in the past. Mm-hmm. I still struggle to see what he's going to bring that, say, a Martin Kaut can't. Right. But he does have NHL experience that Kaut lacks. Fair. And I am seeing right now in the KHL, he was able to up his production some 16, 17, 24 points in 36 games, uh, tallied 11 goals that season. Then in 17, 18, tallied 16 goals in 50 games on a 27 point season. I mean, again, nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason it wasn't like tons of competition and this guy just got signed now in mid mid to late August, you know, like if he was a hot commodity, he would have been paid much sooner than now. Exactly. His first year in the KHL was good. Looking at 24 points in 36 games is solid. Right. So the second year, 16 goals in 50 games and only 27 points. It's solid. It's not bad, but the KHL has always been a, a league for snipers. You're looking for more goal totals out of someone like that. And boy, I just, I'm really not sure how he finds the goal scoring again to, to be yeah. a significant impact player. Well, that's what you were pointing out to me off air was uh, his last season with the Stars. Not only did he not score a goal, but I mean, the guy put, sh- he, he did shoot it. Yeah. It wasn't like a, a lack of shooting. Uh, it's just that none of them found the back of the net. 65 shots on goal, 0.00 shooting percentage. Not a good look when you're. Yeah. And. Right. And, and you know, you can say, oh, well, he didn't have a ton of talent around him or whatever, but it, it's you shooting the puck. Every time that you <laughs> right. chose to shoot, that's on him. So the fact that none of them went in, maybe you throw him a bone and say he had a little bit of bad luck there. Sure. I mean, right. An outlier like that, some bad luck has to be involved. But, but let's not get crazy right. here, right? Yeah, you you got to be good enough to find a way, one of those, to get into the back of the net. I mean... Patrick Nemeth is shot over 1% last year. That's the kind of range you're talking about here. (laughs) Right. Right. That is just wild. I mean, that is such a crazy kind of statistical outlier right there. But I like your Wilson, the Wilsons, at least as a signing, 
Yeah. It's a comparable type signing. Wilson's another guy highly, you know, I think both were top 10 picks uh, coming out of school and then never, or coming out and as they declared to the draft and never really panning out either of them. And Wilson did have, I mean, maybe not a spectacular, but a bit of a, a tick up type year last season. So sure. And, and look, the contract in a vacuum is great. If you, if you don't count how crowded the Avs roster is, mm-hmm. if Nichushkin comes in and gives you 25 points for 850 K this year, that's fantastic. That's yeah. extremely good value on the deal. So there's certainly the possibility that that upside is there and it could help the Avs. It's just that the Avs didn't really need that cap efficiency right now. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. And you do worry about this closing, closing out option, you know, opportunities for, for the younger guys and maybe limiting some of the minutes for the guys who we'd already had penciled into the lineup. It's just going to take away some of his minutes before we go on to the next segment. Anyone on the, amongst the abs forwards who you see him fit in well with? Like, do you I, put him on a line with Calvert and Yeto? I I don't even know if that could work out. I mean, if if you can get that physical side of his game going, like I said, yeah, and you throw him on a line with, uh, say, a, an injury or something happens, and you end up with Calvert, Comfer, and him, mm-hmm. you end up with a super high energy, super pesty line that just kind of grinds people to death. And I think right. that would be super interesting. Right, they're those guys who come in and the other team's like, ugh, not this raggedy right. bunch again. Exactly. and You know, Comfer's always going to be up in your face. Calvert skates a million miles an hour all over the place. Right. And then Nachushkin, six foot four, just runs people over. That's something. You have something there. You can start creating a bottom six that other teams don't want to play against, especially when you have Belmar and Nieto on your yes. fourth line behind that. Yeah, good point. Hmm. Interesting. Well, unless you have anything else on the Nachushkin signing, which uh, we have our doubts on this being a, a game-changing signing. We have <laughs> no doubts. You like this? Ah, am I going to hang this sure, or dude, what? You're on it. Uh, we've got some game-changing coffee for you. Uh, we Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has already changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Before going to the next segment, quick plug to uh, subscribe to bsndenver.com. I know Rudo's been doing more stuff. We've got some great promo codes. If you don't want to support the Broncos, who there's always a friendly rivalry with, but you still want a discounted subscription and a free shirt, we're running a couple college codes as we've started that coverage recently as well. So you can type in Buffs. Or go Rams, S K O B U F F S, or G O R A M S, and get a subscription 
12 months of our written coverage with all our credentialed writers, all the great stuff AJ does, all the great videos that Rudo's going to be doing for us, so much more, the analytical stuff that both Andy and Luke that you've been hearing the last couple weeks on this podcast do, um, and so much more. We've got even more coming. You can get that using those codes. A 12-month subscription for just $34.99, and you get a free T-shirt. Uh, it's really incredible stuff. What did you do on your on your last video, Rudo? Tell the good people what they're missing out on if they don't subscribe. Yeah, I uh, just released a video looking at Nikita Zadorov and, and how he plays defensively beyond the gigantic hits that everyone loves. He, he does a lot of other good things too, it, it turns out. And now <laughs> you guys even have me writing a couple pieces or two now. Yeah. So there's that out there and you have, uh, well... I'm a, I'm a go Rams man myself. There so. you go. Attaboy. Uh, I, I started at BSN writing about the Rams and then it turned into a gajillion other things. So, uh, <laughs> I'm with you, my brother. And I know, uh, I know all these, all our abs people, they, you know, they like to row to their own or beat to their own drum, I guess I, is what I'm trying to say. So you want to use that go Rams code and do your own thing. Please do. We're all for it, but we appreciate your support, not just for the podcast, but, supporting us on our site and all the great content. We will be right back talking about more, an at-large conversation about the the forwards on the Avs, and Bruto's going to give us some of the eye test and his observations. Few people watch as much film as he does, so I'm really excited for this. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the BSN Avalanche podcast. Andre Simone here with our guy, Nathan Rudolph. Segment two, we've uh, talked about the, the big news for today. You've uh, you've got other stuff in mind, though, huh, Rudo? We did actually have a pod planned prior to... Uh, yeah, before this dropped right <laughs> yeah. on top of the pod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so we you had Andy on, Andy Duro, our uh, all-star analytical person. And um, on the apps, at least, she... She's just phenomenal. I love Andy. Uh, yeah, that, that podcast was a blast. And so, since you're uh, you're the film guy, you put in all the hours. You 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 earn it. Then you put in more hours to edit it all together and analyze it some more. <laughs> I know that life as a as the film guy on on other sports, mostly football. Uh, so yeah, what uh, what do we want to talk eye test wise? What's uh, what's grinding your gears today? Well. I'll, I will say it's interesting, and I am a big supporter of analytics before we get into this conversation, but the famous saying goes, numbers don't lie, people do. Oh, they so, sure do, yes. <laughs> a lot of people love to twist the analytical numbers uh-huh. to prove whatever they think is right, and that's not always the case. And yeah. that's where the eye test comes in, to compare and make sure what's happening on the ice is lining up with these numbers. Right. I was planning on talking about some of the veterans on the Avs team as they're quickly becoming a bit of an endangered species as far as when you're talking about age of players. I think there's only four 30-year-olds on the Avs currently, and, and one of them is Ian Cole, who won't be in the lineup for the first two months of the year. Right. So there's really not that many of them left. And with the Nachushkin signing, that fits into some of the Avs forward veterans, including Belmar and Matt Calvert. We'll start with Calvert because he is the guy who played on the Avs last year. Mm-hmm. He's a really interesting guy from the eye test. I think on first watches, 
you see him flying around the ice, using his speed, always trying to contest everything, and it looks super effective. Right. But when you start watching it closer, <laughs> it's a little bit more of, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to call it controlled chaos. It's a little out of control. Yeah. And there are times where he gets caught just chasing the puck around the zone and, and things like that. And his effectiveness, his effectiveness drops off when he's no longer staying ahead of the play. Right. And I think it's an interesting confluence, especially with Nachushkin in the lineup now that mm-hmm. you're going to see a player like that get dropped down to the fourth line at times. And when he's down on the fourth line, you're likely to see his scoring dry up a bit after putting up a career high last year. Really hard to expect that out of him again. Yeah. But at the same time, he's going to have more time to go full bore. And if you can get him on the right track where he's not chasing the play and things like that, all of a sudden he turns into an even better defensive penalty killer type for you and, and someone who can help you with your puck possession game. Right. Especially for a guy who energy is such a big part of his game. And as you mentioned, maybe isn't always the most efficient in using that right. energy. Exactly. Uh, it's almost uh it's similar to how I played uh sports. I played <laughs> yeah. I played some basketball and uh and soccer and some of the veteran guys would have to tell me like chill out when you're taking an inbounds ball. Like you actually <laughs> don't need to hustle to go get the inbounds. Let everyone regroup, take a breather, you take a breather too and inbound this ball without trying to beat the opposing team to it because you're really doing more bad than good. Uh, luckily, Calvert isn't quite that bad. But it was, uh, you know, hearing you talk, it was a little reminiscent of that. Would you, I mean, how would you frame that signing a year after? Like, was that a useful addition? Or now that they've added, God, how many forwards have they added this offseason now? A lot. Like, let's see, Burkowski. Five Don's with Nachushkin? Belmar, Nachushkin, and then the Kadri trade. They did move Kerfoot out, but right, 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 right. So a, a net. I guess they moved Bork out and Andrew Ghetto out as well. Yeah, but of lineup regulars, it's it's a net of at least plus one, maybe plus two. Yeah, yeah. So a year later, I mean, how do you how do you see that signing? Is was he as advertised? He was. As advertised, he was a solid player for the Avs, perhaps a bit overused, Uh but had his role, played it very well. I still think the contract is a bit of an overpay, but it's not in that range of this guy just throw the contract out. The contract is just a touch pricey for what he did for the Avs last year. Right, and if there's a franchise who can afford a bit, just the, the slightest overpay when you have great contracts like McKinnon's and even Cadre's, yeah. it's like I'm I'm okay with that. You, that can be handled, you know. Right, I I agree. It's it goes back to the same thing with Nachushkin is you can't have too many of those guys because mm-hmm. you need the room to get your your young next guys on their ELCs yep. into the lineup and getting value that way. Calvert isn't really one of the players I would say is in the, in the way of that. He is performing his role and he fits into the lineup is a guy who should be in the lineup every single night. Right. And I'm kind of excited for this fourth line with, uh, you know, Belmar and Calver. And I mean, a, a group of guys who can make 
you know, life's a little more miserable for the the fourth lines. They they go against and veteran enough and trustworthy enough to where you can even play some matchups and put it against some second lines and some third lines and let them grind them out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it will certainly be a line that, that Bednar is going to love. He's going to love the vets on that line. He's going to want to get them against the higher level forwards offensively, try and shut them down, do things like that. They'll play a billion minutes on the penalty kill Belmar, especially I think specifically Anytime there's an important face-off in any game, you'll see him lean on Belmar a lot. Yeah. He's one of the best face-off guys on the team now. Yeah, And that's that's where Belmar makes his value. Another guy kind of in the same vein as Calvert, where I think you probably overpaid mm-hmm. for that. Especially the second year, I wonder, Belmar is now the oldest player on the team at 34. And when you have a role player like that, that's going to play basically fourth line minutes. Once he loses that step, he's not even really an NHL caliber player Mm -hmm. anymore. So I worry about that a little bit. 1.8 on your fourth line is not great, but fine. 1.8 sitting on your bench is a bad look. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Especially with guys like kind of twiddling their thumbs at the Eagles, hoping when are we going to get our shots, you know? Right. I mean, Shane Bowers is right there. Maybe he's not ready this year, but ideally he should be getting games by the end of this year. Yeah, you hope so. So so it's it's what you're hoping for that you want to see these guys kind of start getting edged out Mm -hmm. of the lineup. That's the idea. You always want to be moving forward and improving. But then you look at, oh, well, what about the third year of Calvert's contract? What about the second year of Belmar's contract? And you go, that's not great. And that's where I think they did well with Nachushkin, getting him on that one-year deal. If he gets edged out of the lineup, cool, no big deal. He sits there at 850K for the year and you're done with him. It does not matter. Yep. Yeah, good point. Uh, who else? Who else stands out to you that you want to talk about? Well, it's a little bit interesting because I've been calling Calvert Belmar. These are veteran mm-hmm. NHL players, but the reality of the league is they're being yeah. edged out of it, and players in their mid to late twenties are now the veterans of this league. Gabe Landeskog is absolutely a veteran of the NHL. And that's just kind of the way the league is going. Obviously, you have exceptions. Alex Ovechkin wins the Mm -hmm. Rocket every year because he's a machine built to score slap shots from the circles. But when you look up and down the league, okay, you have Mark Giordano too. Fair. There's a bit of an outlier. But 22, 23, 24, all these young guys – are winning all of the awards. They're stepping into the big roles. I think this year especially was a huge, huge breakout for that next generation of superstars, be it McKinnon, Kucherov. Obviously, McDavid has been unbelievable since right. he was 18. And we're starting to see players like even a Sven Andrigetto, who's a little bit on the younger side even, but these guys are getting edged out of opportunities. Before... He, in back in the nineties, you know, playing into your mid thirties was not right. unusual at all. Now you're looking at players like 31, 32, and and it gives you pause because you don't want to end up with a Milan Lucic yeah. or a James Neal. 
so you're you're kind of stuck in this weird transitional period where younger players are now the veterans of the NHL and winning all the awards. Even look at goalie Andre Vasilevsky won the oh, Vesna right. this year as is he 23 or 22 something right. very yeah. very young yeah and of course then you know, on the other side you of course always have a chara that just plays forever but there's fewer and fewer of those guys right now in the Bossy league is 25 but still i mean point well taken like for a goalie okay. that's that's a very that's young, a baby right? you know i mean our yeah We've got a, the Avs have a guy backing up Gruby who's older than Gruby and like 29, right? So, yeah. yeah. Right. So it's, and, and, and that holds true with the Avs lineup. You can see the Matt Calverts, the Belmars are arguably the 11th and 12th forwards. Maybe you could say Matt Nieto mm-hmm. is one of those as well on the lineup. They're the first ones to get out of the lineup if, say, Martin Cout is just destroying the AHL. This yeah, year. absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. They do need to tread lightly. And yeah, at the same time, as we kind of talked about on the last pod I was on last week, I wouldn't be surprised if the first couple weeks of the season, Bednar's leaning on that fourth line and they're almost getting as many minutes as the third line, you know, just because he's leaning on that group a little more because he trusts those veterans. And and that's an absolute possibility, especially if whatever mixture of the third line they go with to start the season isn't clicking. You're going to see that fourth line pick up and, and take more minutes. And overusing them can be an issue at times, but that's also something you can rely upon when things aren't working. You know what that line's going to go out there and give you, and you don't have to worry about it. And that's a nice depth Absolutely. piece to have. Do you think Belmar and Calvert complement each other pretty well, or are they almost redundant somewhat? Um, I think they can complement each other. Belmar isn't quite the same, you know, just fly all over the place, right. skate a million miles right. an hour type guy. He's definitely someone that's going to more grind you into the dirt mm-hmm. type of player. So if you they can play off of each other with Calvert using that speed and Belmar doing some of the harder work, maybe Calvert can find a few more openings right. for himself that way. Again perfect world they're not playing as many minutes of the third line and they're seeing Absolutely. reduced usage but I, I think defensively they can really play off of each other offensively belmar will get his 15 points but i don't think he really helps that much i, I calhurt's gonna have to do his own lifting as far as that is yeah, concerned totally ah it's an interesting group of forwards that's for sure there's, I mean, we could talk yeah. about just about all these guys, honestly. Right. I mean, we could spend a whole nother segment talking about how you fit Cam and Evan, how that changes the dynamic, but it's it's very difficult to predict those type of things. So instead, we'll probably end up looking at the defense. Yeah, the yeah. Final totally. <laughs> Anything else you want to touch on with the forwards? Uh, it's it's a good problem to have for the Avs oh, right it's now. such a it, difference from a year ago. Right. Uh, too much depth is not a bad thing. And as as much as I'm on the fence about blocking guys like Martin Kaut with a Nuchushkin, 
when the Avs have three injuries in the middle of January and they're playing Kaut and Achushkin and Bowers or something, at that point, you're not going to be uh, disappointed in how this yeah, signing is. Yes, <laughs> truly. I mean, have we not talked enough about Kaut enough, Rudo? Do you have a niche? Do we need to talk about Kaut a little more? Because I'd love to talk about um, Kaut. I'm very intrigued by we him. We can. We can. I mean, I'm always down to talk about I mean, I know you did a whole so. video breakdown on him. But I mean, seriously, what's what's the ETA on the kid? What I I mean, I guess we touched on this the last time we talked about all this stuff, but yeah. Well, I mean, I think the biggest part that I left out is is his defensive game. He can't take faceoffs mm-hmm. like Belmar can, but pretty much everything else Belmar does, I think Cout should yeah. be capable of once he's comfortable in the NHL. He's very, very solid defensively. He understands how to play smart, how to play positionally, and, mm-hmm. and take plays away from the other team. Granted, comfortability is an issue with him. He, We saw it for the first half of the season last year yeah. in the AHL. Yep. He was in a new place, didn't speak the best English, and, and was not comfortable in his situation. Once he gets comfortable his play really starts to pick up. He went to the world juniors. He could speak with all his Czech buddies and he looked fantastic. And he came back, brought that confidence with him and and looked strong. So a lot of it with him has to do with him getting to that level of being comfortable where he can play. Right. And have him fill out that frame is there. Just fill it out a little more and unlock a little more goal scoring because it's like there there's, there's the skills to do that. And then, really, I mean, we're off to the races with old Martin Cow, who's kind of quietly one of the more uh, intriguing prospects in the system. You know, we get so caught up talking about the other guys between the New Hooks and the Shane Bowers and the Kamenevs that it's easy to forget Cow is there yeah. just waiting. Absolutely. he Cow doesn't have the star power that yeah. some of those other names do. But he's gonna be very, very solid. Yeah, I yeah totally. Feels that. like a safer pick than you know. Even Sampo's getting, getting his uh his play, especially on these airwaves. But uh, yeah, <laughs> then there's there's Mark Cow, old reliable with with uh, some intriguing upside as well, though. I mean, just because he's maybe a safer prospect doesn't mean that he's lacking some of that upside either. So, yeah. All I, right. I well, before we jump into the defenseman in segment three. 30, 30, 30, 30, dirty 30. That's right. Total Bev is giving the BSN fam 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. Use code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Download today. As you may or may not know, Total Bev delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. I mean, I can't say enough about this. Get booze delivered to your door. How awesome is that? We will be right back. BSN Avalanche Podcast. I'm Andre Simone. He's Nathan Rudolph. See you on the other side. And welcome back to BSN Avalanche on this gorgeous Monday in the metro area, hard to believe kids are back in school when the weather is this great. But 
no matter what time of year it is, we've got another BSN Avalanche podcast here for you. Even with AJ out of town, he'll be back tomorrow. I know we're all happy about that, but Rudo can't say enough about your work this week. I have loved every second of it. Couldn't be happier for you to be part of this team. So just wanted to get that out there before I forget. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I can say I'm very happy that I don't have to go back to school ever again. So here, <laughs> here, brother. Done with that. Here, here, here. Uh, as much stuff as I do and writing analytics, all that stuff, I hated school. Like it's amazing that I'm able to do all this without really uh, excelling in the classroom at all. But you know, some of us are just hands-on kind of people. So yes, I'm, I'm with you there. Sit me down to do a spreadsheet on something about the abs and I'm all about it. But then oh, I know. you get some homework to go do some stats on <laughs> whatever the teacher made up. And I'm like, Oh, really? Right. Right. <laughs> it's really amazing. Like give me a budget and I want to slam my head into a wall. But if it's fantasy sports or uh, right. <laughs> I'm all for it. It could oh, be the same exact numbers. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It could be the exact same numbers, but if it's in the right context, I'm all about it. If it's in the wrong context, forget it. Right. I'm done so. No way. Exactly. Um, well, some people who hopefully aren't done so, but are definitely done with school, are two veteran defenders on this lineup who... Uh, Coming into some crucial years, uh, Ian Cole and Eric Johnson, who would you like to start talking about? Well, I think you had a good segue into Ian Cole there because is Ian Cole Dunzo might be a legitimate question at this point, given that he has double hip surgery. He's going to miss the first two months of the regular season. Yeah. That's no small thing to come back from. If you can skate at 90% of what you did before you had double hip surgery, you're doing real well. Yeah, no kidding. So that's a big deal for Ian Cole to get back on the ice and look like an NHL defenseman. Just ask Jared Cowan, a PTO for the abs a couple of years ago who had huge problems with his lower body and just could not hack it anymore. It's just how it was. With Cole... This is going to be the Ian Cole sadness pod after Andy was on last Friday and the analytics are great and Ian Cole really should be playing better than he looks and all of this. And that's nice. But (laughs) when you watch him turn the puck over for the sixth time and it goes right into the back of your (laughs) net, that's not what you're thinking about. The numbers aren't, aren't at the forefront of your head when you see that and you just go, you can't have that. You just cannot let that happen. Mm -hmm. And the other part that gets me with Cole from the eye test is the penalties. It's, and you can say, Oh, well he gets game misconducts that he didn't deserve and yada, 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 but he just takes too many. Yeah. He has to find a way to stay out of the box. And and that's, I think, a big thing that people don't realize is, is all those power play goals when he's in the box, they don't count against him on the stat sheet. So Right, right. In a sense, yeah, we really should. We need to adjust like plus minus to where you get like a double minus if a goal is scored on a power play that was a result of you being in the box. All the PKers give their minus to you 
when you're in the box, something <laughs> right. like that. There you go. Uh, remind me to add that on our on our unique ad stats. We're going to start <laughs> tracking that too. Uh, texting Luke the second this pod is over. We're going to get that youngster on that. Um, yeah, so is the question, like, is he just done so? Was that an off year? This is another signing that, I mean, in retrospect, I'd love to get your thoughts a year later. Yeah, it's, it's a very hard one to read because I suspect, I don't know if this is confirmed, that the injury happened roughly around midseason to Cole and he just played mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. Because the first 30 games of the year, Cole looked very solid. He was brought in to be solid defensively and be able to break out the puck a little bit better than a, a Patrick Nemeth. And that's exactly what he did. It was it was a perfect fit for the first 30 games of the season. And then it just went downhill for the rest of the year. The ability to break out the puck almost completely disappeared. Right. His skating and inability to win fights for the puck way way worse than they were in the early parts of the season and at the time you're thinking is he just running out of steam what's going on here right now we suspect it was probably something to do with these hip problems and that's encouraging if he can get back to where he was right the, that's the big split with Ian Cole the eye test for the first 30 games is a solid player the eye test for the last 50 is a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. And the penalty minutes that you mentioned, I mean, a career high by a mile of 115 yeah. last season. And I, I certainly think that was part of the injury as well. I, especially when you're both your legs are killing you and a yeah. guy blows past you, you're just going to reach and take that hooking penalty every time. You bet. So if, if he can get healthy, which I believe that he can. I just don't know what he'll be. If he can be that first half player for 90% worth, Mm -hmm. he's fine. He's going to be another guy that you overpaid. He's going to be someone that probably ends up on your bottom pairing, almost certainly for the last year of that deal. Yeah. But he's not hurting you. And, And that's where he needs to get to. Right. Right. Well, and the other thing is how quickly can he recover from this injury and be back at truly, you know, maybe not 100 percent. We're all rarely at 100 percent. Of course. um, On or off the field. But, you know, in that 90 percent where you're expected to perform at, you know, the, the best of the best, you know, you're what you're expected to perform at in that 90 percent. I mean, that's the other big if is, you know, not only if he can get healthy, but yeah, can he can he truly get back to tip top shape in time this season to really contribute much at all? And and it's a big deal for his play style as well, because he is someone that adds that level of physicality to his game. Right. And if he's skating around on the ice trying to protect injuries, he's just not going to be able to do that. And then what do you really have out of him? If he's not playing at his full potential and he's not being that physical gritty type of defenseman that you pretty much paid him to be, Mm -hmm. what's he really adding to your lineup that someone else, some of these other guys that we've talked about, like a Cali Rosen can't. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. When you lose the ability to be the aggressor because you're kind of playing catch up the whole time and chasing a little bit, uh, that can really change someone like that's game. 
And so, right, then you have the option of a Callie Rosen. But, I mean, let's face it, Cole's pretty important for the penalty kill. Correct me if I'm yes, wrong. Absolutely. It's the Avs penalty kill on the defensive side is a question mark we've talked mm-hmm. about before. And yes. the, the big hole that's missing there is Ian Cole. Yep. He's someone that they could throw out there and rely upon pretty regularly. One of the few players that at least some of the time could win those net front battles and get players out of the way, which is something the Avs defense has struggled with for a long, long time. Yeah. And I don't know that they have the player that can really step in and play that role the same way. You can get players on the PK, maybe a Sam Gerrard, maybe a Kelly Rosen. But if you ask them to win a net front battle, you're not looking forward to what's coming next. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, with, with Gerrard, we're like better off, putting a traffic cone to try and protect the the crease then yeah right come on gerard uh needs to make sure that pass never gets through in the first place yeah absolutely (laughs) Uh, right so so it would be a very different look for how they want to run things on the pk without cole i hope that's where ej being healthy comes back into play Mm -hmm. and and the abs may not need him to be quite as impactful offensively in the coming season. They're going to lean more on Gerard. They're going to lean more on Makar to do things like that. And so maybe he can, he can round out that side of his game a bit. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be an interesting transition for a veteran as well. When it comes to EJ, he's a guy who's regularly injured coming off of another injury from the end of last season. Arguably the leader of the Avs defense and he doesn't even have a, a more tenured player like Tyson Berry to help be part of that defensive leader core for the Avalanche. He's the longest tendered D by like five years with the team or something like that. Jeez, yeah, by by a mile. Gosh, who would even so, be second on that list? It, I guess Zadorov, right? Zadorov, yeah. probably, yeah. And he his first real year was, was 16-17. Right, right. Where he played part of the year, kind of. Jeez, <laughs> but, Wow. Yeah, so it's it's a very new-look decor for the Avalanche, mm-hmm. and EJ is going to be, at very least, the locker room leader. He's the only D to wear a letter for the Avs right. now. Barry Ward occasionally, but he's gone. Right. And it's going to be an interesting transition to see him wearing the letter, but realistically, you're by the end of the year, he's probably on the Avs' second pairing. You have Gerard and Makar that you want to be your top pairing. Certainly EJ, I think, will rotate in next to Gerard at times. But you're starting to see him move down the lineup on the ice, but still needs to be at the top as far as leadership is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, often injured last year, was able to match a career high 80 games played, which, I mean, hey. There's something to be said for that, but you wonder, you know, how fresh is he going to be early in the year? He needed surgery in the Mm -hmm. offseason. Another guy that was playing through something to to get to that full type of season. And thankfully, it's not double hip surgery like it is with Ian Cole. So he should be ready for the start of the year or won't miss too many games at the start of the year. Uh, So hopefully he's fairly conditioned and ready to go. Right. But it's another player that you have that question mark about because of age. And you look at him and you go, well, he's not that old. But if he's already starting to lose a step, the youngsters are going to come in and they're going to fly right by him. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially as the the league just gets faster and faster and faster. EJ is going to have to keep up or or miss out. Uh, I mean, and what do you see from the eye test? Can he kind of modify his role and be that guy? I think he can if his legs are healthy. Uh, He's a player that has always relied more on his skill than his decision-making. So he needs to be relatively healthy to do what he does because he's just going to rely on, on making that one extra move or, or making the, the tricky play instead of hanging on to it for that extra tenth of a second and making the smart decision. So when it's off the cliff for him, it's going to be sharp. I don't think he's there yet, and that's the key. He needs to stay above that certain level, and he'll get by just fine. He can pitch in a little bit more. Like I said, probably won't need quite as much responsibility this year, and that can open him up to be a little bit looser with how he plays. Yeah, I mean, probably won't, but that's another <laughs> big if. I mean, it's really counting a lot on the the young guys coming to full maturity and just hitting the ground running right off the bat. It, it absolutely is, and, and that's a big thing for the abs defense not only this year but next year yeah, as well right as as ej is the probably the one player who's going to continue on certainly for the next two years on the decor besides sam gerard as far as players signed through that amount of time on on real contracts he's gonna have to be a good mentor for these guys yeah he, he needs to be able to get the most out of not only himself, but out of a Sam Gerrard, out of Bowen Byram if he, he gets games this year or certainly next year. Even Kale McCarr is someone that can learn a lot from someone like EJ. And the time is, is now to impart some of that wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even guys like Rosen who haven't had much, yeah. much at all experience in the NHL, you know, having someone a veteran presence like that who can kind of guide him will be will be key. Absolutely. Especially while Ian Cole is still out, you know. I mean right, it's right. really a lot is counting on AJ, EJ to step it up. Yeah, Cole certainly another guy that, that fits into that type of player and right. two time cup champion. Right. That knows what it takes. I I know it's a cliche that a lot of people like to make fun of myself included at times, but the reality is there's something about having been there before. A hundred percent. I mean, it's just reassuring for everyone in, in all walks of life to know you have someone to lean on who's done what you're trying to accomplish before. Yeah. You know, who can kind of chart that path for you and show you the way and say, look, don't get too down on yourself. These things happen. Or, look, this kind of stuff is unacceptable. I've been here before. If you think this is how we're going to get to the promised land, forget it. Because I've seen it. This is not how it's done. You know, and, and keeping the standards high when this group is so young. I mean, it's a key. Yeah. That's a key, no doubt. Yeah, it, it, I absolutely agree. On the other side, sometimes you're young enough and young and dumb and too stupid to know any better of how hard it's supposed to be. And you just go out and win. Oh. So <laughs> ain't that the truth. Ignorance truly is bliss. Quite often. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and on that, I don't know what you'll name this pod. Will it be ignorance is bliss or Ian Cole is Dunzo or maybe some, uh, surprise other headline. Who knows? You Val and the vets, maybe mm, mm, love it. <laughs> 
Well, the the <laughs> listeners the listeners will know by the time uh, they yeah. drink. So uh, that's a cliffhanger for you and me only. Uh, <laughs> if you have nothing else, Rudo, this uh, this does it for me. Back to regularly scheduled programming tomorrow. But uh, thank to you, thank you all for listening. Any last notes to close us out on? Uh, yeah, interesting day. I was not expecting another signing out of the Avs, so. It'll be fun to dig into Nachushkin a little bit more over the coming week. Yeah, we're just uh, in wait-and-see mode for Miko at this point, and then all will be good. Yeah. Well, and on that note, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast. You guys all have a wonderful Monday or Tuesday morning, if that's when you're listening. I'm Andre Simone. He's Nathan Rudolph. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.